We're in Chelek uh, Gimel, Perek Revi, Oz Gimel. Okay, so we're talking about now um, real prophecy. So, number one is the Ramchal tells us that it's possible that a person, when he's just starting out in uh, in the Vua, although he's having a, a real uh, prophetic experience, the beginnings of a prophetic experience, the beginning of a prophetic experience, but he will not realize it initially. Now, it's important to point out, this is not when, you know, it's so to speak, when Hashem is knocking on the door, right? So Hashem is knocking, saying, hey, uh, can I speak to you, right? Um, and the person doesn't get that. Um, however, the Ramchal points out that once once the Nevu intensifies and... Uh, and uh, you know, before the person receives the prophecy, he will definitely understand that, uh, that this is prophecy over here. So we're just pointing out that although it's possible for this uh, to appear to be a mistake, and this is going to be a pretty big theme, the Ramchal wants to explain all the different sugis of that have to do with prophecy where it appears that the prophet doesn't get what's going on, he doesn't understand, he's having a prophecy, he says it's true, but that's not, the, don't ever try to learn from there, oh, you know, there may be, maybe your meow thought he was having a prophecy and really he wasn't, or maybe, or maybe there was a prophecy and the prophet just didn't understand that it was a prophecy, no, that'll never happen. What may happen is that the very beginning of a person experiencing prophecy, before it, you know, like I said, before it intensifies and actually comes out as a full-on prophecy, uh, there's like a knocking on the door, which he may not yet recognize as being the harbinger of prophecy. Okay? Uh, so that we see with a number of people. We see that with um, with Shmuel Navi in House of Ailey, the famous, uh, it's like a pretty long incident over there that, uh, that Hashem kept speaking to him. He would wake up say, well, who was that? Maybe that was Ailey calling me, go to check with Ellie. I said, no, that wasn't me, go back to sleep. And eventually, eventually, Ellie understood and guided him that, that, no, you're actually about to have prophecy. So again, but once the prophecy actually happens, there's no mistaking it. Yeah, that's that's an important point. People ask, uh, you know, how could that, you know, like, how could I, how, how did Avram Avinu know that there was a prophecy that he had about the case years? Like, maybe he was just being schizophrenic, uh, you know, like, you don't want to sacrifice your son if you're having schizophrenia, right? So then there's no, no, he knew. He, he knew a prophet knows. Yeah? So what about if a prophet has a false prophecy, right? I, I think it's, it's coming up, right? There's a story where there's... We'll see. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly what we're going to be talking about. That's one of the things we're going to be talking about. So, um, Josh wants to know what about, what about a prophet having an incorrect prophecy or a false prophecy. So we'll see if that's possible, how that's possible, when that might happen. So again, that's one. So this is not actual prophecy over here. This is the harbinger of prophecy. So that is possible to not recognize being prophecy. We have a similar thing with Moshe Rabbeinu um, at the burning bush. Hashem says to him, 
Moshe, Moshe, and the Midrash says that initially when Hashem called out to him, Moshe thought it was his father calling him. Right? So, um, the, uh, the Midrash on that says, Pesi Yamin Lekoldover, that a, a gullible person will believe uh, all sorts of things. Okay. So what does it mean that the Midrash says about Moshe Rabbeinu when he heard Hashem calling out to him? He initially thought that that was his father, Amram, calling him. So, so the Midrash says, Pesi Yamin Lekoldover. Pesi is a gullible person, so he believes everything. Now, it doesn't mean that Hashem was out to trick Moshe Rabbeinu, pretend to be his father. It means a Pesi is someone who looks at things superficially. He looks at things in the way that he's used to looking at things. Right? So here a person has experienced an entire lifetime worth of physical experiences. All of a sudden he's having a, um, a metaphysical experience, a spiritual experience. Right? So like the Ramkhal says over here, uh, because he's not used to it, he doesn't recognize it uh, as being a, the beginning of a spiritual experience. But again, once it intensifies and becomes a, a real prophecy, then there's no mis- then he'll certainly know it. So there's no room to say that. You know, oh, maybe he didn't realize it was a prophecy, right? Or the other way around. Okay, that's Oz Gimel, Oz Dal. Um, the the process of becoming a yeah, it's not like a uh, a, a total random thing because we just spoke about uh, both cases of uh, Shmuel and uh, Moshe Rabbeinu um, kind of having prophecy come upon them, right? So um, you know, kind of unexpectedly, right? So he says, actually, you know, for, for, for most prophets, that's not how it works. Rather, there's a, there's a process that a person um, works through, um, through uh, education where, where you uh, learn to pronounce certain divine names, meditate on certain concepts, to leave the body in certain ways and uh, connect to spiritual things. Um, now, obviously, uh, a person has to be uh, very righteous in order to do this. And the more righteous he is, the, the more that's going to be assisted by this. Um, now, a experienced prophet, a prophet who's already reached prophecy, it's uh, kind of one of these things... Yeah, um, until you've experienced it yourself, it's a, it, there's a certain learning curve. There's a process of trying to figure out how to get to prophecy. Um, you know, there, there are general principles that the, that the teacher can be showing you. Listen, you know, try I don't know, try clearing your mind, try entering into a state of happiness, pronounce this name. Um, you know, there are there are things that can help, etc. But um, but once a person has actually, can we scoot over, Once a person has actually had a real prophetic experience, then he uh, a good analogy would be that um, 
you know, I can teach you how to try to get out of, uh, of a labyrinth, right, to that gazebo that's in the middle, right? Um, I can teach it to you, explain to you in general. Every person has his own labyrinth, right, in getting to a connection between his Lushama and Hashem. Now, there can be basic principles of how you solve a labyrinth, right, and how you don't get trapped in a labyrinth. Number one, don't panic, right? Like, if you start panicking and running around, you, that's, then Minutar is going to get you, right? Um, but, um, but you go around in a systematic way, and, and 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 you and you learn and you learn it. Then eventually you can you can get to the gazebo. But once you've gotten to the gazebo and you're standing up on top of the gazebo and you see your own labyrinth, you see how it's laid out, you see the path that needs to be taken, and henceforth it's uh, uh, it's uh, pretty much you know clearly what are the obstacles, what are the challenges, how to get around them, how to how to get the job done, and uh, so an, an experienced prophet, a prophet who's, prophet who's experienced prophecy, a full prophecy already, um, he uh, knows what he's. <laughs> Okay, good. Let's keep that in mind. That's going to be a very important point. And he circumvented So the point is, it comes out that a young student needs a Rebbe, someone to teach him, someone to guide him. And those two are different. Teaching is, has to do more with wisdom, with chokhmah, understanding, right? And uh, guiding has to do with more helping him figure it out, right? I mean, an experienced prophet would potentially ask the student, "Look at what, what what did I feel like? What did you do? What did you see? What did you encounter? Right? Where was it? you know? Help him figure out where the blockages are, etc., etc. Right? So that's more madrich. A guide is different. A guide is like someone takes you up on a hiking trail, right? As opposed to um, a malamid is someone who explains to you the theory of it. Right? So there's the theory, there's the practice. And uh, both need to be, uh, one needs guidance in both of those. And again, once a person has the prophecy, then he's basically in the clear. And he and and the the, the prophecy is a gradual development. It means to say, a person doesn't jump all the way to prophecy, right? Um, there is there is a uh, first you get certain. Remember, prophecy is defined defined as vekus to Hashem, right? Absolute closeness to Hashem, hasaga, um, you know, kind of being there in a very experiential way, which like the Ramchal told us, may or may not accompany knowledge of the future, of the past, or, or, or of, uh, you know, whatever, unknowable things, or knowable things for that matter. It may or may not entail that, right? Um, but it's really closest to Hashem. So that, th- there's a process of getting more and more and more closer until finally, like, you know, the lightning hits and, like, you get it, right? You know, it's uh, like riding, learning to ride a bike. Okay, so once you're on, then, then, then you're on. Okay, that's O's Dalit. O's Hey is the realization that different prophets are different. 
um, different in both Kamus and Echus, the amount of prophecy that they have and the type of prophecy that they have. Uh, amount is obvious, like you know, the, the, the Rambam writes, right, that you could have, you have many prophets, you only have prophecy maybe one time in their life. Right? A single time, uh, Shaul, uh, right, Shaul had a prophetic experience one time. So you think it's not up to them? Sorry? It's not up to them? That's right. That's right. That's a super duper important. Uh, the, the, there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful Malbim that kind of lays out the different visions of what prophecy is like. Um, on the one extreme of it, you have the philosophers who believe that prophecy is basically a person developing himself and refining himself and elevating to higher states of consciousness where they can tap into the spiritual realms and quote unquote overhear the thoughts of God yeah which really is extremely reminiscent of the prophecy of Bilam if you look at this at the at the Sifri in um, in in the Zosa Bracha um and the, that's so there really Hashem has no say in it it's just all from the side of the person the more a person is fit for it uh, and appropriate for it he goes up higher and higher and grabs the prophecy right overhears it overhears the thoughts of God so to speak and of course they believe this because they believe that God is completely disinterested in people right he's perfect all he wants with such little puny imperfect creatures such as us so he's disinterested so he wouldn't give us prophecy we're like a byproduct of his existence we're like a uh, you know a overgrown toenail right so but if you happen to grab something so good for you right um that's not one extreme on the other extreme is the pagans the pagans they believe that you could have uh, you know, a drunkard um, lying in the street in the garbage can all of a sudden says, the Lord, the Lord appeared to me and he said the following, right? And, uh, you know, or, or a child or a, a, a crazy man or, a, or, a, or whatever it is, right? Someone who's totally not at all um, fit, has not elevated himself in any way, refined himself in any way. Doesn't make a difference. God decided to give it to him. Wait, I thought crazy people and babies can have something, right? Isn't there tomorrow or something like that? It's not prophecy. It's not prophecy. Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, we believe in, in between. I mean, we believe that a person has to, like we're talking, discussing today, has to work so super hard on elevating himself higher and higher and higher to become... Um, what's called a Ben Navi, as, as the Ramchal is about to say, a student of a prophet or a son of a prophet, right? A student of, 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 of how to have prophecy. And that could be a many years long uh, journey, many years, tremendous efforts exerted. But all that you do to bring yourself closer and higher and open yourself up, but at the end of the day, Hashem decides if he gives prophecy or not. And the Rambam brings a very good example that, that, that there's a Mamasha Mikra Mole, explicit Posik, that says that Hashem speaks to one of the prophets. He says, Go to, to, you know, to this student and tell him that even though you are fit, 
you've done every all the preparations. You're a very good. You know, you're, you're a good uh, student of prophecy. You've done all the preparations, etc. You will never have prophecy. And so it still depends on Hashem giving, because it, it's like a conversation between two people. That's very much the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu, unlike the prophecy of Bilam, where it's like a Talmud and a Rebbe. You could be a very, very good Talmud, but the Rebbe still has to want to give you. Has to, has to uh, want to say to you. Is that person missing a certain element then? Hashem has, has complicated plans. I don't know why Hashem decided that. We don't know the mind of God, why He decides to let this person have prophecy, not that person. But so, a person does all that, does all the training, and the whole idea is that prophecy is closest to Hashem. Does that mean that he's. He's. Um, no, I mean, like, he, he's just like, he does. He's able to like, connect so well with mitzvahs, and he's, and he's like really into his Torah, and he's like doing all these. Like, he's able to have like a great right. like Torah Jewish experience. Right. But, but he's just, never going never gonna to hit that high note, right? So, it's not a waste. It's too Listen, I mean, you know, um, I'm not musical. I mean, there's, there's, there's certain things. Well, how come Hashem didn't make, me, didn't make me musical? It's not fair. I like to be musical. Right. So you have many, many students who go to these, uh, these Bhattari and they'll never get it. They're still, it's still worth it because they're still... Like, they're still certainly right. connecting to spirituality. It's a good, very, very good thing, right? But... Uh, um, yeah, may or may not get it. Why is it different nowadays? Because now there's no more new. Yeah. That's right, because there's no basic English. Sorry, Jeff, go ahead. Yeah, yeah you said, so you mentioned uh, a minute ago that it's a conversation with the Shemin Yeah, and then that, I mean, that was an analogy, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand, but we're talking about a that's when that's when Hashem decides to speak to him, so to speak. Yeah, but, but isn't it at that point that the conversation takes place? So there's still a still two ways. Yeah, I mean, you have the receptacle. You, the, the the prophet had to develop a receptacle that's fit to to receive such a thing, and Hashem has to uh, pour down the prophecy. Yeah, even without the conversation, I mean, let's say we wonder. What I mean is, it's a two-way street. You have to be prepared. You have to. You need a recipient, and you need a giver, right? As opposed to uh, the the way that the philosophers understand it is, you just go up and you grab it. Right or the way that the pagans understand, Hashem just goes down and rams it down your throat, right? Just like He impregnates virgins. No, could be it could be a one it could be a one 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 directional. Hashem could just say something, yeah, sure. Potentially, sure. Okay, yeah, okay. Sorry, uh, so about, about why we don't have prophecy today? Yeah, we don't have prophecy today because we're in, uh, we live in a world where, the, where Hashem is, is, is in a state of concealment, right? Uh, there is, we discussed this, the world has, uh, goes, uh, different stages of development of the world, just like a child goes through different stages of development. 
the, there's a first 2,000 years of the world was tohu uh, vohu, right? It was a total absence of, of, Hashem's, of Hashem in the world, and therefore there was uh, no knowledge, almost no knowledge of Hashem. There was awareness of something, but very little knowledge until Avram began to seek out it and get the Torah, etc. That's the second stage. And then we went up to the third stage with Moshe Rabbeinu of open miracles and open prophecy, etc. That lasted through the period of the first Beis Hamikdash. Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. We fell back into the second stage where prophecy is hidden, where there doesn't, doesn't uh, prophecy, open miracles, those don't happen. So the, the 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 last of the prophets was Malachi, Malachi also known as Ezra. Ezra Sofer was from the Anshik Nesagdola. He came back to the base of Migdish, Shani, to for to rebuild the second base of Migdish. But that already all was still due to the influence of what had happened when he was a young man uh, living under during times of Bais Rishon. Uh, but once that generation of those people of, of Bayesian already passed from the world, uh, Ezra was the last of the of the prophets of Malachi. The, the, that was the end of prophecy. Okay, um, so back over here. So um, so you have difference between prophets in Kamus and Echus. Kamus means quantity, meaning how many times they will have prophecy. Prophecy, like we said. You can have a person having one-time prophecy, you can have a person having prophecy maybe hundreds of times, right? So total, completely different levels of, of how, you know, the, um, how often that happens, um, as well as difference in quantity, or in quality, right? So in quality, um, you have a per, one person who goes extraordinarily high. For example, certain prophecies we have descriptions of the divine chariot, right? Other prophets never got to see the divine chariot. That's a pretty high, it's a pretty high perception, right? So, how um, you know what a prophet is able to perceive is also um, dependent on every person. Every person is going to be able to reach different heights. Um, but however. Um, all prophets are the same in the in that that that, uh, that they all um, are absolutely aware of their of, that this is a close a state of closeness to Hashem that this is a prophecy right and they're absolutely clear as to what they are prophesizing I mean, what what it is that they are if they are receiving any information. Absolutely clear as to what that information is. No miscommunication. Again, the Ramchal obviously wants to put that in, so you shouldn't say, "Oh, well, maybe you have a prophet that he was kind of on a lower level than some of the other prophets, and maybe he wasn't, since he was on a, a lower level in quality, so maybe his was kind of a fuzzy prophecy, kind of like uh, Jeff's video camera right now, right?" and uh, and therefore, maybe maybe he misunderstood. He said, no. Even though there's different levels of how high the prophecy is, you know, in, in, in quality, differences in the, in the prophecy, but whatever prophecy is being had, it's absolutely clear that that's prophecy, and it's absolutely clear what the prophecy is. That's Os Hei. Os Vav. Um, 
the, as we already mentioned in the past, the primary definition of prophecy is what? Tzvi? Very good. Dvekas. Okay. Um, so therefore, all you know, the fact that we look in the um, when we look in the Nevi'im, right, uh, in Tanakh, so we see very often Hashem gives a prophecy to one of the prophets: go over there, do this, say this, go to those people, do this, right? So it seems like um, being a messenger of God, right? Being a messenger of Hashem, delivering a, a message to other people, or doing a certain thing. <coughs> seems quite integral to it but it really is not right as we mentioned Ram writes that there were thousands tens of thousands of prophets the truth is the Gemara right um, that, that uh, over over the over the years there were many prophets um, most of whom were not given messages to deliver to anyone yeah so but but uh, it may happen that a prophet will be given a message to deliver. Um, that's, you know, that, that it, as we said before, it may happen that he may have certain knowledge of the future or whatever, or it may not. So, that is, um, that's one thing to know. Um, so if the purpose is not to deliver a message, then it's for the individual? Yes. So, uh, it's not for quality children. If he, if he never delivers any message to anyone, then, then, then it, can't, it can't be for quality children. If he himself had a prophecy and he didn't share it with anyone else. What is that accomplishing? What is it accomplishing if you have a good if you have a good tefillah on this Yom Kippur? Yeah, I guess it's for you. What is it accomplishing if you if you chazer mishnayos tonight when you come home from after Mark? It's for everybody. Okay, so it, to that extent, this is also for everybody. But really, is it helping the person get clarity on their on their life mission or something? Like, what's the what's the Again, I'm asking you if you have a really good sukkah to Zimra, closer to Hashem or something. Closer like to Hashem. They're That's already close to Hashem. They're already like they're, if they're getting prophecy, they're already. Close but that was a particular state of closeness. I mean, in general, they're not that close all the time, right? You're saying, what is the benefit of being close to Hashem? Well, you fulfill your purpose in life. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's what the, what's yes. the purpose of benefit. If they're already a prophet, the prophet. But prophet, there's a different thing. There's a prophet that means the title prophet that I'm going to say is gained once a person has had a legitimate single prophetic experience. Then he'll be called a prophet. Okay. Now he had that. That was awesome. It was unbelievable. It's life changing. I mean, we can't even imagine what that would be like to experience that state of closeness to Hashem. Right? I mean, I'm still coming off of that. You know, the the, the, the unbelievable experience we had in Rosh Hashanah. Like we, we had an unbelievable Rosh Hashanah davening. Right? So, you know, besides the Bez Hashem that it was, we were we, we were judged with a tremendous rachamim and. Brought to Hashem, but besides that, we felt the closest to Hashem. That's also ha- has a tremendous value, right? Okay, so can you imagine what it feels like to have a prophetic experience? It's unbelievable. Now, one th- now the guy is ten years later. Now he's still probably a changed man from the prophetic experience he had ten years ago, right? But I bet that if he could like. So you know, sell sell his car and somehow like 
get another prophetic experience, you probably do that. Yeah, sure. Okay. This is that's, that's just, I, I never perceived the prophecy as being that way. I always thought it was like prophet, prophet is prophetic. That's exactly what the Ramchal is coming to correct. So, so we have Yonah, right? It seems like that. We have Yonah, world. where but, but yeah, it seems like very specific. Hold on a second. Coming up in Ozine. Okay. <laughs> if he would have held on to that and not given that, it would have been a waste then, right? What, what was Yona was, it was given instructions. Like he was made a messenger. He so was told, part of go the over there and say this. Right. That's So then so that's that what he Nebuah. has to do. Right. Now, again, the Navua is the Dveikus to Hashem. But in that Dveikus, he was made a messenger to go and do something on Hashem's behalf. Which may or may not happen. With him, it happened. It didn't happen, then it would have been complete. It would have been a waste. If Yonah's prophecy would have been different, if Yonah's prophecy would have just been a state of closeness to Hashem without any message contained inside of it to be delivered, it wouldn't have been a waste. It would have been an unbelievable spiritual experience. Because it had a message inside of it that had to be fulfilled. The message was go and do this. And that's closer to Hashem. Right? Okay. Um, okay, so now, if a prophet is sent... Um, now, now, this is a different point. A prophet's understanding of his prophecy is absolutely clear okay but what if now what if he is told to go and do execute a certain thing he's supposed to go to a certain place do a certain thing uh, given instructions in his prophecy okay so even though he understands his prophecy absolutely clearly he could mess up on the execution he's a person he's not a malach right he could trip as he's walking right I'm giving a, a, you know, that's a, obviously an exaggerated example. We're going to see what, what example, but again, the Ramchal in this paragraph is coming to Bavorn. Another uh, possible situation where might, one might say, oh, see, a prophet misunderstood prophecy. He didn't misunderstand prophecy. The case is that you have a young prophet who doesn't fully understand how to execute <coughs> on a prophecy that he receives. The case is in Malachim, where a young prophet is told to go and deliver a message uh, to Yerovam. And he's told very clearly, do not, under any circumstances, stop over there. After you deliver the prophecy, go straight back. Don't stay that don't don't uh, let anyone don't eat by anybody don't don't stay with anyone etc and then somebody else tells no no, no that's, it's okay because I'm a prophet so that you know, you're allowed to do that or whatever right and so he decides to join him for a meal and stays and then he gets devoured by a lion on his way home because of the fact that he violated the, the instructions of the prophecy, right? So the point is, it's not that he misunderstood the prophecy. He understood the prophecy crystal clear. Not allowed to say anyway. He thought, oh, maybe there's an exception. He, from his own mind, because this other person who was a liar tricked him, right? Uh, that, oh, it's, it, in this case, it's okay. Yeah? So, that's that's a mistake. It's, it's not a misunderstanding in the prophecy. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mistake in... 
understanding how to execute a prophecy that you've received. Okay? Um, now moving on to the next. So he's going through all the different types of quote-unquote mistakes the prophets can make and showing you that the mistakes are all in other areas, not in the actual um, prophecy itself. There there's, no, there, there there's no possibility for mistakes. Okay? So the next one is the one that Josh wanted to rush into, the prophecy of Yonah. Okay? This one is probably the most complicated one to walk, you know, to, to kind of dodge all the sharp angles and manage to um, work this out while still holding on to the general principle, which is prophets receive an absolutely crystal clear interpretation together with their prophecy. Right? So with Yonah, what happened is he was given a prophecy that Nineveh will be turned over. Okay, which means Nineveh will be destroyed. Go and say this to them. Okay, now um, that is a negative prophecy. Uh, we have a, Hashem is a merciful God. Even if He sends a prophet with a negative prophecy that something bad will happen, right? If uh, if the people daven to Hashem, they cry out to Hashem, they arouse His mercy. He may relent on the negative prophecy. In fact, Hashem may relent on the negative prophecy even if people don't do that. Right? You threaten your kid, that's it. Last warning, then afterwards you're getting a spanking, right? And he does it anyway, and you decide, you know what? It may, it may not be a good idea to do that. But in certain circumstances, there could be room for waving that threat, right? So Hashem may do that. However, if Hashem ever does do that, He would always do it with also letting the prophet know that the prophecy has been changed. I mean, that that negative prophecy has been uh, negated or maybe softened or, or whatever. That's important because otherwise the prophet is you know, going to be under the impression that his prophecy was not fulfilled, which would be bad. Right? So, fine. So that would be the rule. Any prophet comes, delivers negative prophecy, and afterwards Hashem relents. Hashem would send that prophet and other prophets as well, potentially, um, kind of a, 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 a an email saying that, hey, you know, that uh, we've relented on that one. Okay? That... Um, so what happened with Yonah? So Yonah received prophecy, and then he's going to be turned over. Okay? Uh, but then Hashem relented. So what do we expect that Hashem is going to do? Josh? Let him know. Here's the trick. Hashem already kind of did let him know, because the prophecy itself, the words of the prophecy, which Yonah received actual text, which we're going to talk about in the next um, paragraph, by Hashem, um, that, that there's two different prophecies. There's a prophecy of an Indian prophecy, is just you kind of understand a certain topic, but you describe it with whatever words you want to choose. And there's a prophecy of actual verbiage, where you actually, where the prophecy is actually given the words. So it's not an image. I thought he had to like. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about the exact to do that. But but the, so you only got words, okay? How he got the words, we'll, we'll come back to that. But I just want to say this one point. He got words, but the words that he got. That Nineveh will be turned over 
also carry the ability to be interpreted as and be turned over in, in, in repentance. And therefore, there was no need for Hashem to send the update email saying that, the, by the way, that prophecy, even though Yonah only understood the straightforward understanding of the prophecy, and that was a correct understanding, then it will be turned over, means destroyed. But when Hashem changed it, then the expectation was for Yonah to understand from his own mind that there was a alternative interpretation, and that Yonah didn't have so that's why Yonah was very upset. You said you're going to turn it over, you're going to destroy it, and you didn't. That's why he had to go. You had to go because you had to tell them the prophecy. But we're talking about Yonah's misunderstanding of what's going on. That's how it arose. So again, but his actual understanding of, of the actual prophecy he delivered was crystal clear. We're talking about when it needs to get up, appended, uh, updated, or whatever it is. On that... Uh, Usually, a prophet would get a, a second prophecy. In this case, he didn't because the original prophecy could tolerate the new interpretation. So if it was crystal okay. clear, wouldn't he have seen both? No, options? only he understood only the one option. It was, it was crystal clear. clear. It was crystal clear that one option. That one option was crystal clear. Okay, think about it. Okay, so that gets us up to Os Ches, Rabbi Sai. Os Ches. Um, so we'll see. Let's be in touch about. Um, no, so next week is Sukkot. So we're off next week, um, and the week after that as well is Sukkot. Uh, so we'll be we'll, we'll reconvene in three weeks, brothers.